0: I'm Alex Miller. and I'm Taisei Seifu
1: and this week we begin Fusion and Hockey podcast with a translation of Nikita Zadorov talking to some Russian journalist I think about Nathan McKinnon I'll read this entire thing or at least the entire screenshot that I have I saw the progression in Nate's game he is such a pro he has a dietologist he pays 50,000 a year He has a live-in doctor slash physiotherapist in his house during the season. He pays him $1,000 each day. In addition, he rents him an apartment. He has his own chef who he pays another $100,000 a year. He simply invests in himself and his own body so he can play at the highest level. He's crazy that way. He eats right. He doesn't drink. He only drinks... No, he drinks only water. Two years ago in Colorado, he got rid of all the pop slash ice cream slash uh, this... Is written deserts, but I'm pretty sure that means desserts. He got rid of them from the dressing room and pregame meals. He even got rid of white sauce for pasta. He replaced the actual pasta itself with chickpea pasta that has more protein and so on. He made pros out of our entire Colorado team. That's one of the reasons that Colorado got such an improvement in performance over the last couple of years. He says, guys, if you want to eat that crap, you have the off season for that. When you come here, there will be none of that because we're winning the cup. I would just like to interrupt myself and say that they actually didn't win the Stanley Cup. Anyway, carrying on. All the young men see it, look up to him, and try to do their part. Nate is like MJ. I don't want to make a direct comparison, even though I just did, but his way of thinking is very similar to MJ. He can be a jerk to his teammates slash line mates. You need to accept that, and it would improve you as a hockey player as a result. If you can't accept it, well, you're off the team. He is always the hardest working guy he comes out 30 minutes before practice constantly working on his hands young guys see that he's the best player in the nhl and he still works to improve it motivates them to work even harder if you miss a pass in practice he would skate over and literally scream at you you can't pass him the buck without hitting his stick we had young players come over during the playoffs if the puck ends up in his skates not even his skates if it misses his stick by a tiny bit like 15 centimeters in front of the blade of his stick. He doesn't move his stick to catch the puck. He stops everything, turns around, and slaps the puck back at you. He is not going to try to receive any puck he doesn't like during practice, just to show you that you made a shitty pass. He is a guy that demands that everyone leaves everything out there to maximize their abilities.
0: Wow. So, when I, when I, when I saw this, and I'm still, I still am quite confused, as to what is the reaction I'm supposed to have to this, because because I don't even know what reaction I had, because I don't think like is it supposed to be inspiration porn? Because I don't I didn't feel particularly inspired. Should we all be yelling at Nathan McKinnon for for being an asshole to his teammates? And you know it doesn't seem like a great time down there in Colorado if you're a player. But like you know these I, these these hockey players are psychotic, and so you know they probably like that. And, 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 I, and another thing is I can't tell. What's Zodorov's attitude is towards all this? Because like, you know, on one hand, you know, he's talking about all these sacrifices he had to made, like pasta like, you know, pasta and white sauce. Um, and, and on the other hand, you know, he's like comparing him to MJ and shit. And so So like is he complaining about Nathan McKinnon being abusive or is he praising him? Do you have any kind of read on this? What did you think?
1: Yeah, all right, first of all, just for anyone who uh might not remember, Zadorov's not on the avalanche anymore. Uh, he was on Chicago last year and just got traded to Calgary. So he's like over a year removed from being Nathan McKinnon's teammate. And I think probably, uh, if I could speak Russian and read the original one, maybe the tone would come across a little more cleanly. In fact, it almost definitely would. Uh, but I think I'm sort of getting the sense that it's kind of like, oh yeah, uh, he's you know kind of an asshole to everyone, but it's okay because it's worth it because he's trying to win. Uh, I feel like that's the mentality he has, and probably a lot of his teammates is like, "Oh, we hate him so much," but but it's okay because he's doing it for the for the Stanley Cup,
0: which he has yet to win. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's real interesting. Like on one hand, he's like, "Oh, you know," like it makes all these players better, but on the other hand, I don't know how good that is for team chemistry if you uh, resent your team, your you know, resent your. Well, not captain yet, but you're your start, you're your start teammate because you can't have any more dessert now. <laughs> now, like, look, uh, you know, maybe so. See, like, I don't even know where to go from here. Um, I have a so thought, first of all, I have a thought, yeah, go ahead, which is
1: which is I would like to uh revisit something I said, I think, in the most recent episode, which is that Colorado yeah. should have prioritized. Holding on to Philip Grubauer instead of Landeskog, and seeing this, I kind of, I kind of uh, disagree with myself because if Gabriel Landeskog left, and then you either name McKinnon captain or someone else, which it almost would have been McKinnon, and all of a sudden you don't have anyone there to you know tell Nathan McKinnon to chill out, you know, and Gabriel Landeskog being the captain, I assume steps in every now and then if McKinnon ever you know is close to going totally out of control, It's like, hey, chill out.
0: Yeah, so that's why they needed to give Gabriel 8 billion, eight million, eight years, and all that money no. so that he can put the brakes down on the chickpea pasta movement. Um, but uh, you know, <laughs> the yeah, there's, a, there's a lot, to, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, he drinks only water. I respect that move. I respect that move. I I drink almost only water. Um, it's the only beverage. Uh, it's it's the best beverage by far. That's and, it. Uh, it. it's a great thing. It's elite. It's S tier. Uh, now. When it comes to, like, come on, what's what's the beef with the, the white sauce and the pasta, though? I mean, I get, like, like, come on, you can't cut down on pasta. Like, really? That's Is that going a bit too far? Like, enforcing it for the, he tried to he did it for the whole team, right? He got the, he got rid of the white sauce and the pasta for everybody. Um, I, I Like, you know, maybe that's the key to winning the Stanley Cup. I saw these funny tweets that are like, you know, Ovechkin does all the partying, is a Stanley Cup champion, Nathan McKinnon. Eats chickpea pasta, has zero Stanley Cups under his belt. Uh, and so. This says a lot I about mean, society. In of, it really does. Um, and I guess all in the interest of winning a Stanley Cup. But uh, yeah, you got to wonder how much of a difference it makes, right? Um, obviously, you just, don't want to be I, picking I wonder, out on hot dogs like Phil Kessel. I wonder who has won twice as many Stanley Cups as Alex
1: Ovechkin and uh, infinity times more than Nathan McKinnon. But wow. anyway, I wonder how or why the avalanche let McKinnon have this much power or whether it's just Nathan McKinnon telling everyone like, Hey, you should all do this diet that I do. And they're like, okay. Uh, which I, I doubt. Or if it's Nathan going to like the team dietitian and being like, Hey, I think everyone should do this. And the dietitian's like, good point, Nate. And then makes everyone else do it because this feels like something that, you know, would come from higher up or like, you know, a team dietitian, of being like, here's what everyone should eat. Here's what everyone shouldn't eat. Here's when they should eat it. And this Adorov thing really makes it seem like Nathan McKinnon is calling all the shots in terms of what everyone on the team is eating. And I find that kind of hard to believe. I don't, so I think that part may be like a bit of an exaggeration.
0: Yeah, maybe like, he's not like uh, meal planning for the entire team. You know, he's all, on Sunday nights. He's like, all right, uh, Monday, we got the <laughs> pasta. Tuesday, we only have water. Uh, all right, uh, but, uh, for pasta. Wednesday,
1: you got an apple at 1.32 p.m.
0: And that's it. That's it for the rest of the week. Uh, <laughs> only raw meat from now on uh, for the rest of the week. Um, so, you know, like, so, I, I yeah, I don't think it's that extreme, but I think it's interesting that he's even got this much say. Like, he's clearly saying that it's only because of Nathan McKinnon that, you know, we got rid of all the, the pop, the ice cream, the desserts the white sauce and the... Like, I, I can't get over the white sauce and, and, and the pasta. Like, like especially the white sauce. That's so that's so fucking specific. Like, Zdorov clearly has some sort of beef with this. He really likes white sauce because he has a very specific call-out to say he even got rid of the white sauce for pasta. Like, all right, sure. I, well, and I guess they're still going with the tomato sauce. Um, I, I don't see the big difference there in terms of nutritional value. But sure. Um, but, you know, clearly he's got a lot of say here. And I think, you know... I think you can't really understate the influence that this guy clearly has, um, because, and, and, you know, it also kind of gives, you know, like, tantrum vibes, um, especially if you look at that ladder portion where he's talking about, about, you know, like, screaming ladder, at his yeah. teammates. Yeah, exactly. Or missing it by 15 centimeters. I mean, like, you know, it would see, I don't know, like, what, what the hockey player mentality is, but... I don't know, b- b- being yelled at for missing by 15 centimeters um, would, it, would it make me, I don't know, I, it wouldn't really motivate me. It would just kind of make me sad. Uh, I don't know about you. And it would make me more nervous the next
1: time, too. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, can you turn your gain down a little bit? It's a little bit uh, high. Yep. But anyway, I was going to sure. mention that last thing also because I find that a little weirder than the food stuff because i don't think or i don't imagine the teammates really my like oh yeah we're all you know nhl players of course we're all gonna want to eat as healthy as possible within reason but like that stuff at practice if that's true that he's just you know constantly you know blowing his casket of practice or whatever at his teammates and it's kind of i'm sure that you know gets tiring and grates on you even if it doesn't bother you to a certain point it's like all right nate you've heard this song before you know you can chill out now and I imagine, you know, obviously, at least from his point of view, and I'm sure some of his teammates coming from a place of, oh, look how much he cares. But like, you know, you can care without, you know, going insane. And you can also care while, you know, being nice to your teammates.
0: Yeah, but I, you know what? coming, I, I think that's coming from a non-hockey player perspective. Like, I think my my Which is a pretty good
1: perspective. Hockey player uh, exactly. perspective is usually quite flawed.
0: 100%. And I'm, and I'm saying, like, this is not normal. Like, any other rando, you pull them up in this situation and someone's yelling at you, uh, and slapping pucks at your face or not at your face, but at you. Um, because, uh, you missed by 15 centimeters and you're like, this is fucking psychotic. Get that, get me the hell out of here. I don't know. I'll be in this environment. Um, but I think, I really think that hockey players look at this and they're like, they don't think, Oh, what a psycho. They think, Oh shit, that's Michael Jordan-esque. And I think that's what yeah. you see in the quote here. Um and I really that, that's it's such a that's such a strange concept. They don't you know, take a step back. I don't think it grates on them. I think they're like, Oh, this is inspirational, you're just you're just trying to make me better. Um, instead of like, well, this is kind of a shitty environment to be in all the time. Um, but I think mm-hmm. they, they they embrace it. Uh and I mean lucky still there has been no rumblings of discontent from Colorado whatsoever. And so I'm inclined to believe, you know, they're they're eating it up. Over there, his teammates and line mates.
1: Mm-hmm. Ha, eating it up, eating up that chickpea pasta, am I right? Anyway, there go. Uh, I can, I hope uh, someday soon the angry, toxic Colorado avalanche encounter the Ottawa-friendly Senators in the Stanley Cup Final where everyone just gets along super well, and uh, we see what happens when uh, the, 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 the two opposing schools of thought meet. I'm sure Colorado yeah. would win at this point, but whatever. Ottawa's <laughs> having fun.
0: It's a war of vibes. Um, but that—that's yeah. your narrative for the series. <laughs> yeah. Wow. One of these okay.
1: teams looks uh, smiling way more than the other. Much higher smiles per sixty.
0: <laughs> but you really think Ottawa's smiling if they're losing six nothing to Colorado?
1: Yes, that's, they're always having fun. Because because the only score that matters is how many friends you have.
0: Absolute sickos. Um okay. So uh is there anything else you wanna talk about uh on this uh this fascinating bit of uh interview? You, you love the foreign uh, interview stuff. It always always gold.
1: Oh yeah, it is always a lot of fun. Remember a couple years ago there was one where like Nikita Kucherov was like, you know, uh criticizing Alex Kalorn. Who was his team. And at the time? They're like, oh, well, they're gonna have to trade one of them now. They're they, were, they were just like, eh, no, nah, let's just keep them both and then win two Stanley Cups in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, and potentially go for a third one. I mean, it seems like they've yeah. they've patched things up. Well, what the hell did they say? What did he say again? Do you remember it all? I think he was like, he
1: was complaining that like, oh, me and Stamkos like the best ones on the team, and and we're we're you know they're putting us with you know whoever we don't play well with or whatever, and it was like, oh, they spent a lot of the year with Alex Killorn. I don't think he mentioned it by name, but it was it was pretty much like oh, okay. wow that's, that's like not a very <laughs> regular thing to say
0: it was It was thrown shade without na- actually name dropping right It was like, yeah, you know me and stammer were great we're we, yeah, make we need a, great a better line mate of three or something yeah, 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 we make a great line of three we make we are two parts of a line of three, but that third guy, mm, he fucking sucks, uh, his <laughs> name fairly
1: escapes me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: mr. irrelevant all right yeah so uh you know it's the off season. It's the day of the offseason listen you know players are usually back in their home ta- in their home uh countries out in europe or whatnot and uh so yeah hopefully we get more of this and i mean here we go it makes for news right it makes for it makes for fun times it makes for fun twitter memes
1: mm-hmm. let's move on to a new one of the worst deals in the nhl uh which how many of those have we had this off season? a lot uh, but there's a new one, another defenseman, getting extremely overpaid. And I would argue, out of all the contracts signed this summer, this one is probably more egregious than even the Seth Jones contract because it's Darnell Nurse, first of all. He was not as good as Seth Jones and also getting almost the same amount. $9.25 million a year for Darnell <laughs> Nurse for eight years. And I saw Kevin Weeks trying to rationalize this, being like, oh you know uh, you can't uh pay the beer price for champagne and jay fresh was like you can't uh buy beer with the champ, the champagne price and turn it into champagne because darn (laughs) i think when this when this kicks in he's going to be like definitely within like the top 10 highest paid defenseman i think like six or seven and he is nowhere close to the six or seven best defenseman in the nhl and i think this kind of Reads the same as that Zach Borensky extension, which was also quite ridiculous, in that it's it's Ken Holland and the Oilers trying to sell the fact that hey look Darnell Nurse, an elite number one defenseman, look at him go, uh when of course you know the spike in his production this year was due uh to a uh with Cleft bum out Darnell Nurse was on the ice uh, with McDavid for like more than half of his ice time and he also had a crazy high shooting percentage so he he scored a, a ton of goals. And all of a sudden, he's getting uh more than Norris Trophy finalist Kale McCarr. So, so way to go, Ken Holland. Your offseason has somehow gotten even worse when we were already calling it the worst one in the league.
0: Yeah. So this gives this gives a couple of vibes from uh, the Oilers here. Um, first of all, it really does give you know if we pay the price of a first a top you know franchise number one defenseman, then surely this not top uh, franchise defenseman will become one. Just by, by, by sheer cap hit, um, and it really by seems like that almost hit. yeah, it's like an aspirational contract, um, and yeah, because that Jones, uh, you look at the you look at the market for other defensemen, um, even UFA defensemen, he was, he, you know, he still it was an extension. Am I am I mistaken, or was he an RFA? Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I think he still has one year left, making five point something,
0: and then it'll kick in. Right. Okay, so then you talk about UFA like just Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton is better. He's he's much more well-rounded uh, as a defenseman than uh than Darnell Nurse. Um and yeah, so Darnell Nurse not not a not a 200-foot guy and as you said, you know, a lot of his offensive production can be attributed to, you know, being on the ice with Drysdale and McDavid and uh and and just having all that ice time. Uh at, Being on being with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and second of all, like his his defensive play is horrendous and has always been and has gotten worse over time, and so he is really not the guy that you want to like. You know, he's definitely a valuable defenseman, but not a nine, what nine and a half, nine point two five, uh, nine point two five million dollar defenseman. It makes no sense, and I I really think that this gives the vibes of. The Oilers can't find any other defensemen. They're unable to develop them properly. Um, and you know, you got a guy like Ethan Berry. Ship him off for like Warren Fucking Fogel. Uh, not that you're not that Ethan Berry is of a Darnell Nurse caliber, but it's like they can't find anything to to like kind of surround. You know, Darnell Nurse. You know, obviously Cleft Bomb uh is out long term, and that's very unfortunate. But you know, it's always been a weakness for them, and they certainly didn't help themselves this off season. Uh, who do they get? They got. Tyson Berry, they kept him. They traded for fucking Duncan Keith. And then last week we talked about how they signed Cody fucking CZ to oh, absolutely preposterous, preposterous contract. And so, you know, like the Edmonton, you know, we talked about the need to fill out that lineup behind McDavid and Dry And it really seems like they're completely botching it. I mean, you talk about basically every single other position. I mean, they're the forwards, you know, they did, I thought, a solid, all right job. Uh, definitely getting an upgrade on that top line with Zach Hyman. But other than that, the defense has been absolutely horrid in terms of transactions this uh, this offseason. I really don't see it getting much better. Uh, and obviously the goaltending, you got Mike Smith coming back for another two years at 39 years old, and you're going to assume that he can recapture whatever magic he had last year. So um, I'm really not high on the Oilers at all. I, it's hard to find anybody who's really high on the Oilers. Uh, and I don't know why you would be because Ken Holland, continues to screw this whole thing up. Uh, and this, this eight-year nonsense is just yet another example of it. I mean, the comparables in terms of contract, there's a cap hit. Uh, they're just ridiculous when it comes to Darnolders. They're completely overpaying for him.
1: I'm looking at, for the 2022-23 season, the top 10 highest cap hit defensemen. Six of the deals were signed this offseason. Here are the top okay. 10. Uh, number 10 signed this offseason, Miro Haskinen, 8.45. Then Petrangelo, 8.8. Dougie Hamilton, 9. Kale McCarr, 9. Roman Yossi, 9.059. At number 5, we have Darnell Nurse, 9.25. Number 4, we have Seth Jones, 9.5. Slated to be the third highest paid defenseman in the NHL, Zach Werenski 9.583. <laughs> and then Drew Doughty at 11. And Eric Carlson, still at the top of the list at 11.5. Alright,
0: so that's... uh. That's fucking questionable, uh, to say the least. Um, yikes. But uh, yeah, it just goes to show that the the league, this league has no idea what it's doing in terms of valuing defensemen. I mean, you see it left and right. People getting vastly underpaid, and especially loads of players getting disgustingly overpaid all the freaking time when they're either, you know, traffic cones sitting out there on the ice or they don't know what the hell they're doing at all in the defensive zone. Um, they're just, you know, bad defensemen. You just talk about just on this team, there are four of them that were signed. Uh, and, you know, it, it's all over the NHL. And the NHL really doesn't, f- has, the general managers haven't figured out how to properly value defensemen. And this is a big time inefficiency if you're a smart GM in terms of finding the right guys and you can get them at below value because these other guys don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, and see, mm-hmm. just go and see that Dougie Hamilton yeah. contract which I would argue is, you know, very expensive, but, uh, you know, maybe even below market value for what that guy brings. It's definitely reasonable. Um,
1: and actually, here's another defenseman who was signed to a pretty reasonable contract, I think. Adam Pellick, eight years, which is kind of long because he's already 26. So he's signed till he's 34 now. Uh, but his results are uh, beginning better and better and better, the Islanders, uh, and he's pretty much like the best defensive defenseman in the NHL or, uh, like among the best by every metric. And of course, you know, on NBC, they showed that highlight reel of him, like shutting down Sidney Crosby and Pierre Maguire was there like analytics can't show you that, but of course they can. And Adam Pellick is, uh, excellent. I think he even got a couple of Norris votes, uh, you know, or down the ballot a little bit and he's making $5.75 million starting, uh, immediately next year. So he was an RFA and, uh, signed till he is 34. And Lou Lamorello usually likes to do this thing historically of signing players for long-term, but uh, hopefully a slightly lowered AAV. He did this with Scott Mayfield also a couple years ago, and we are like, who's Scott Mayfield? Why did Lou Lamorello just sign for, like a five-year contract? But now, lo and behold, 1.45 for Scott Mayfield has been a, a bargain for a little while.
0: Right, exactly. So he gives the security and you know, players love security, um because, you know, they get a contract, the money's guaranteed, they don't have to worry about injuries, uh, in terms of you know, financially. Uh so yeah, that's clearly what he's pulled off here. Five point seven five, I think, is is uh relatively low for like, you know, you arguably the best what defensive defenseman. In the NHL, and you know, he's also able to contribute offensively for that team. Uh, and so, yeah, that's 5.75, especially at the level he's been playing, um, like just last year. And 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 you know, we expect that to carry over. Uh, that's uh, that's that I, I would argue that's a steal. Now, the warrior here is obviously the term. Um, know, how old is he? 26, I believe. Uh, yeah. let me look that up real quick. Okay. okay, yeah, 26. So, you know, he'll be 34. Um, it'll be interesting to see if. You know the his defensive abilities, you know, deteriorate over time. Um, one, I think it was Domicician, Uh He had a comparable. It was Marked Ward Vlasic. Obviously, that's that contract has aged poorly. Um, but uh, in terms, but in terms of you know his like they're both defensive defensemen who at the at the peak of their game were among the very best in the NHL. And obviously, Vlasic after like he, he dropped off very suddenly. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And Dom ran it through his model, and he they, they saw that they were very similar uh, in terms of the profiles. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he drops off. Uh, but even if he does, uh, that'll be, like, presumably in, in four or five years. And by then, uh, you know, you're still... It's six. It's less than $6 million. It's not nearly as bad as, for example, the Vlasic contract, which I think is, what, seven? Um, yeah, so, fair. yeah. So it's, uh, you know, definitely a smart deal. And if, if he really does fall off, I don't think they're, you know, it sucks, but I don't think they've completely, you know, put themselves in a cap bind with this contract.
1: I really, I don't think Vlasic, even at the top of his game, was as good as uh, Adam Pellick is defensively. Uh, I think a lot of that was like, oh, yeah, they put him on the Sochi Olympic team, so he must be like a superstar defensive stalwart. And it was like, yeah, he's he's fine, I guess. But Adam Pellick is uh is really a lead at what he does.
0: Right. Yeah. So um with that in mind, Eight by five point seven five. It's absolutely steel, and I think, um, especially in the short term, and I think you know that was reflected in the reactions online. This is, uh, yeah, a smart piece of work for Lamorello, and uh, you know, it's really it's really hit or miss with this guy. Um, yeah, one day he'll do this, and the other day he'll sign Matt Martin to another four years. Um, that's that's <laughs> and puts himself and protect the cap- him in the next belt.
1: expansion draft too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, he'll probably be around, he'll probably be around for two. Um, given that he's never gonna leave. He's never gonna leave. Yep.
1: He's never going to retire. Uh, let's talk about a team that got 100 times more likable this week just by signing Thomas Tatar, everyone's favorite uh, player. Um, I think we've mentioned a couple times or at least once on this podcast, uh, the sound engineering project we did uh, in our last year of high school. And we wrote a, a little song to go along with it that started Thomas Tatar scoring lots of goals. But now he will be scoring them uh, for the New Jersey Devils. And uh, good for him. And good for all his teammates who just got a great player at a great discount. Uh, and I hope he continues to be as great as he always has been. Can you tell I like Thomas Tatar?
0: Yeah, just just a bit. Um, so, uh, yeah, we love Thomas Tatar out here. Suck to see that... Uh, he was confusingly benched throughout that entire cup run, uh, and uh, he gets a nice little contract here—four and $4.5 dollars. Um, that's not too much of a pay cut from uh, his last contract, and considering that it was a healthy scratch, I thought he might get less than this. Uh, so yeah, New Jersey was up to willing to pay him. I think it's a—I think it's a smart signing. Uh, you know, combine that with the Dougie Hamilton—they've done. Uh, I think they've done pretty well this offseason. Uh, it remains to be seen. You know, they seems that they've shrunk together a few off seasons that have been pretty good. Um, it remains to be seen whether they can uh, actually translate that to on ice success, Which they haven't been able to. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Uh, who did they, they also traded for Ryan Graves, right? Um, that was another right. piece of work. Not bad, not bad. Um, so yeah, well, uh, the New Jersey Devils, good for you, getting uh Thomas Tatar. That'll be fun. That'll be interesting to see. You know, he still stays in the red jerseys though. Good for him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the Devils are are good at making good off season moves that don't quite pan out, um, unfortunately, over the past couple of years. And they're still unlikely to make the playoffs, I think, in a in a metro that's not great, but like it's I think you mentioned like oh it's a very even metro. Uh who's in that division. Carolina, Washington, who both are probably gonna be worse than they were last year. Pittsburgh, they're kind of a question mark with Tristan Jari I get. Philadelphia, still a question mark. The Rangers have gotten worse. The Islanders these all sound kind of like potential bubble playoff teams. Then who am I missing? Columbus and New Jersey. Uh, they'll they'll both be in tough, but especially like Columbus, I don't think they're expecting to make the playoffs after, you know, kind of tearing it down a bit. Uh, but the Devils, I think there is a chance that, uh, that a couple of those teams ahead of them could falter and a door could open for them, especially because Dougie Hamilton uh, is decidedly, Gonna be a more impactful addition than any other ones they've made in recent years, because all of a sudden, bam, you just added a Norris contender to your team without taking anything off your roster. And you know, Tatar uh, is a good addition. They are such a young forward group still. I think like Jonsson and Tatar are the only ones who are like older than 25 or something. So like everyone's gonna take a step forward. There, Nico Hishir, Jack Hughes, Nolan Foot might make the team. Alex Holtz maybe even. You know, Ty Smith will get better. Mackenzie Black would probably get better. So this is definitely a team that's that's trending upward, and I think the addition of a uh, Hamilton and Tatar is going to accelerate that trajectory. And uh, maybe just for fun, I'll even put them into my my little uh, I'll put them in like a wild card spot in my prediction. Mm-hmm. Whenever we end up doing fun. that,
0: okay, all right. Um, interesting that you think uh the Metro. I think right early on, right now, I think the Atlantic takes both of the spots. I'm inclined to believe because uh you know you when you list the teams like you did I was like damn the metro you know it is very even it's hard to, it's really hard to tell like it's almost impossible to make a prediction as to you know who's going to make the playoffs right now I think you know I think the islanders oddly enough are probably the surest bet because you know I was thinking there, that too Yeah which is so fucking weird which is which is really weird um but it just goes to show that there's really like it's just no sure thing it's so even in the metro and so I think you know I think the Devils can really put it together, um, and you know they can get their you know the, the the development to keep going with these young, with this young team, this extremely young team. I, I didn't even realize how young they were until I you know pulled up their cap friend I'm like, holy shit, you're right. Um, it's all it's all 26 and under uh, out here except for Tatar. Um, I think they can absolutely challenge for uh, the third Metro spot. Um, I don't think that's out of the question. Um, you look at the other teams like Carolina. You know, if they their goaltending is shit, I would not be surprised. Uh, you know, trusting Freddie Anderson is not the way to go. After you gave away Nadelkovic for free, uh, and you know Ron Hextall putting too much faith in Tristan Jari. Uh, what else is new? And uh, you know Washington gets is an extremely old team, so it's just uh, and the Rangers. I don't I have no faith in them. Uh, so across the board, it's really a bunch of question marks. And and really any of the teams except Columbus have a chance if they can put it together over the entire season, um, or even just a nice little run can can kind of. Cling on to that third playoff spot. I really wouldn't be surprised if this team made it. Uh, not just, not just, and not necessarily because they're uh, a you know a, even a playoff worthy team. Just because that Metro was so cloudy. Yeah,
1: it's looking very possible that Carolina and how they handle their goaltending situation is gonna go down as like the worst botching of a great team of all time because it was so easy. I know we've mentioned this so many times since this happened. But, like it's so easy to just keep your good goalie. And not you know get rid of him and sign two ones who are older and worse and injury prone, uh. So that is very likely to to bite the hurricanes in the ass and they might even miss the playoffs. And honestly, I think just that one error is uh like if it ends up in the hurricanes, you know, getting a lot worse, which it probably will. Uh, it could be even yeah. like a fireable offense for for Waddell.
0: Because yeah, because there are only those two two real like goalie spots, right? There's the starter and the backup and. Uh, you screw up both of them. And it's very easy. You know, like the forwards, you know, you got 12 guys. The defenseman, you know, it's six. It's harder to like instantly screw up. You know, it's possible, but it's harder. Here, you know, you trade away two guys or, you know, you let two guys go uh, and all of a sudden you you got jack shit. And uh, this is what they've kind of played themselves into. I still don't understand. You know, you look at the contract Mrazic got with the the Leafs. Like, you couldn't pay that to him. Uh, You couldn't give the contract that Nadelkovic got with Detroit. Really? And instead you put all that money because they gave up they ponied up a significant chunk of cash for those those two other goalies, you know, Ranta and uh, Anderson. And so it just, it seems like they valued them more, which makes no sense because they're worst goalies um, that may not last the entire year. And in fact, history shows you that they probably won't. Um, neither of them will. So that is some weird shit going on. And yeah, you're absolutely right. They've completely tanked their goaltending system uh, up in the NHL by trading away their two best ones. And they had two really fucking good ones. I mean, Mrazek... Was awesome when he was healthy, and Nadalovic was literally a Calder. He was a Calder finalist last year. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, trading that away and uh, not not resigning Mrazic. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah, I wouldn't well, be surprised if it really bit them in the ass. It is a really talented teacher. team, though. Uh, otherwise, yeah. yeah,
1: they traded away the uh, one of them. They traded Nadalovic. Marazic was just UFA. Also, they lost Dougie Hamilton. Uh, which is also a tremendous blow to their team to lose their best defenseman. But I have a prediction about the Hurricanes that I just came up with now, which is that uh, at the point of the season when when Frederick Anderson and um and Antti Ranta are both injured, you know who's gonna rise up from being like the fourth goalie on the depth chart and become the great new goalie no one's ever heard of? He's twenty-two year old Beck Warm. He has a, a, a an extremely funny name. Excuse me. Beck, excuse warm. me, warm. <laughs> uh, he's 22. Uh, last from in the AHL, he had a 914 in 14 games. And I'm like, Yeah, that's just good enough where I could see you randomly becoming a Vesna finalist. So, uh, keep your eyes. Oh, Vesna finalist. Okay, for Beck, warm. <laughs> All right, he's gonna be the next Kevin Lankin and Andrew Hammond or whatever.
0: All right, keep your eyes out. Um, but yeah, you, you look at the rest of the team and it's loaded, right? Even, even you know, losing uh, Dougie Hamilton, which is a Big, big loss. Um, their defense is still stacked. Um, you know, albeit reduced, but still stacked. And, you know, the, forward is, the forwards are as good as ever, um, having lost... Who did they lose uh, in expansion again? Uh, uh, can I can't
1: remember? Oh, man. Uh-huh. Oh, oh well, yeah. they lost no
0: was, it,
1: no was it Geeky? Oh, Morgan Geeky. Yeah, was, they lost Morgan Geeky. Yeah. Uh, and they signed Derek Stepon also to to replace my guests and Josh Levo and Seth Jarvis will probably make the NHL this year. So Right, exactly. Yeah, they so definitely stuff a be, good forward. They'll be fine.
0: But uh in terms of making a deep playoff run, I no faith. Not none whatsoever. Especially given that, you know, they haven't been able to get over any hunt. Uh you have Tony D'Angelo on your team. This team is not outfitted for success. Get the hell out of here. I um, have no and...
1: faith
0: in warm? <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you. I have zero faith and Beck Warm playing a single game in the NHL this year, uh, you know well, I will so take that. Pick.
1: We were just talking about really? how injury prone uh, Anderson and Ranta are, and then on the depth chart after that it's Alex Lyon and then Beck Warm. So I'll okay. take the bet. Beck Warm will play like at least a game.
0: All right, sure, we're on. It's it's uh, somebody write that down. Somebody keep note and keep track if uh, Beck Warm ever makes it to the to the big leagues this this year. Um, you win. <laughs> okay what, what is the what, um, wager
1: what are we playing for here? Oh,
0: i don't know do you have any idea
1: um winner gets to pick the new podcast profile photo
0: okay perfect you're on so it's it's uh, a scheduled which, remodeling
1: uh-huh okay. wait actually that just i just realized that that implies that uh we don't that we won't have a new photo until like the end of the upcoming season at which point
0: it will be like no. a three and a half year old picture. <laughs> okay, so should we should we uh, should we turn it into something different then? Something, yeah, I uh... feel
1: like yeah, I feel like we we've been t- throwing around the idea for a while for like half the podcast existence of coming up with a new one. But I guess we're just both <laughs> a little lazy. Um, I mean, you know, what we could do next time we see each other in person is to like recreate the photo, but just be older this time. Right, I think that be-
0: sounds good. All right, I won't I won't bring any merch uh, any uh branded gear. I won't be wearing yeah. any branded gear that we have to scribble out uh while we sure to avoid that that Oh, that you know what pa. we should do. Uh we should make fusion yeah. shirts
1: and we sh- we should make fusion some merch shirts and sell them to uh, okay. the the few listeners that we have and also have them ourselves and and wear them All out right. as and then, so free branding.
0: All right, and, and it'll be super meta because like, if we, were, if we take a picture in those shirts, well, like, in the picture, in the logo, we have the logo. Does that make any well, sense? Well, I no, get what you're doesn't. trying
1: to say, but I don't think the picture of us will be the logo. It'll, it'll like, we would come up with a new logo. No, that's true.
0: Okay, we come up with a new logo. We stick it in the corner. Or we could
1: just do one of those infinity things where it's like, hey, look, it's a picture of us wearing a shirt of that picture <laughs> Of you know, except that would kind of be impossible to pull off without like uh, you know, edit digital editing and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think we could do it. I think we could do it. <laughs> All right. Anyways, okay. um, just just so that that's a that's a behind this that's a behind the scenes sneak peek of uh yeah some potential rebranding here on the podcast. Um, new maybe a new picture in the works. How fun! How exciting! Maybe. Uh, and how did we even get here? Oh yeah, Beck warm um yeah yeah do we figure out what we're betting that he's gonna play a single game
1: uh yeah i guess since it's not the photo we can just do uh winner gets to uh um Uh. i have nothing i'll let you know if i come up with something or you can let me know if you come up with something i wanted to talk briefly about another team in the metro because we were going through them before and be like oh yeah yeah, none of these teams are that good and it's the rangers because before this I was so ready in my mind to go all out on the Rangers. Like, yeah, they're going to win the division. They're going to go in a deep playoff run. You just wait. Chesterkin's a star. Adam Fox, are you kidding me? And D'Angelo's gone too. It's going to be great. And uh, then James Dolan stepped in and ruined the entire rebuild in like the span of a week and a half, oh, uh, which we have mentioned a couple of times. But like that must be such a disappointed fan base because that rebuild was going so well. They got on a lottery luck, you know, uh, with that ball that was just a little bit heavier than all the other ones, wink, wink. Uh, but all of a sudden, you know, Barkley Gaudreau, Ryan Reeves, Sammy Blay, Jared Tenorti, but Cinevich is gone. Uh, and this team is absolutely headed in the comically wrong direction uh, beyond parody of, you know, how hockey men <laughs> think about how you need to, you know, get tougher and try really hard. They've gone balls to the wall with that mindset, <laughs> and it is not going to work because it never does
0: yeah it is just it's completely embarrassing mismanagement of the roster um yeah losing losing uh, Bishnevich i think is is gonna hit them really hard um because now like who do you thrust into that top line winger role um Capo you know, Caco. Capo Caco. yeah so is, he's up next um is he ready for that kind of thing i think he was he, he would have been much better suited in a in a bit more shelter role at only 20 um and you know you had a ready made guy. You had a ready made guy in Bushnevich. Uh, and it makes no sense, especially the return that they got. Obviously, we, we shredded it when it happened, but it's still just as dumb right now. Uh, getting fucking Sammy Belay and a what, second round pick? Um, good for you. Good for you. Uh, and obviously, you know, they got, you know, two thirds of that overpaid fourth line now with Goudreau and Reeves. Uh, just completely awful. And uh, yeah, will overskill. Um, and apparently, they also picked a loss over win. Because uh, <laughs> that's the vibe that they're getting here uh because uh Um, yeah this team was i absolutely agree this team was in a in a in a a metro full of step backs this was primed to be a step forward but instead they took the maybe the biggest step back of all imagine being like the
1: seventh best player on your team uh as in tom wilson but also controlling the entire offseason of a divisional rival imagine having (laughs) that power of just being like hmm we're in the same division as like, you know, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin and a bunch of other great players, but you know who should dictate all the moves that we make is, uh, Tom Wilson. And, uh, as we can see, it has not worked out well yet.
0: Yeah. No, no kidding. Who's who could have seen, could have foreseen this? Uh, nobody. Oh no, absolutely nobody. Um, that I could have gotten this poorly. Um, yeah. this, I think I said this last week, rent free, right. Um, uh, for yeah. Tom Wilson and and the Rangers, uh, Cause uh, yeah, this is this is reaching comical level levels of of like rent free. This is so funny. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like one one incident. Now, granted, it was a very serious incident, but the reaction has been completely disproportionate and and wrong. <laughs> In terms of responding to it, I would think that you know making your team better and then crushing the Capitals is a better way to respond than turning your like half your team into a bunch of goons. And then losing a whole bunch and missing the playoffs. What are you showing to Tom Wilson, Mr. Dolan? James Dolan's
1: going to be very shocked when he finds out they only play the Capitals like five times in the 82-game season.
0: He's like, what? I thought we were playing Tom Wilson like every other night. What do you mean it's only like five times? (laughs) It would be even more surprising when they completely miss the playoffs and they don't end up playing the Capitals in the playoffs. Um, Yeah. you are like, what? Oh, I thought we were supposed to play these guys at the end of the year. Oh, you're telling me we we missed it because... We <laughs> traded everybody good. At, well, not everybody good, but we traded. <laughs> we, traded him, <laughs> team. we made some awful <laughs> trades, and we uh, sent Barclay I, Gaudreau I gave... over three and
1: a half million dollars to play on our fourth line.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's so bad! Like, imagine paying three and a half million to over three and a half million dollars for a guy, and then sticking him on the line with Ryan Reeves. Like, <laughs> uh, to be fair,
1: I'm just saying they'll Barclay Gaudreau a fourth line because like he is a fourth liner. In reality, they might play him on like the second line with like Lafreniere and Ryan Strom or something. I don't know what they're going to do, what their plan is.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I think, well, isn't, they, don't Lafreniere and Goudreau play the same wing? Um,
1: I think Goudreau can play right wing or has at some point. Or wait, maybe okay. that was Blake Coleman. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, maybe, maybe Bonk Goudreau is a left winger and they just have like four pure left wingers on their team, Panarin, Lafreniere, Kreider, and Barkley Goudreau. And they each making you know, it well. Not Lafreniere; he's still in his ELC, but that's a pretty expensive, like four left wingers.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and unnecessarily expensive, um, especially with Goodrow. So, uh, yeah, it'll be. Uh, you want to make a quick prediction for the uh, the Metro? Yeah, sure. A
1: little prelude to my actual prediction, which will probably come in uh, about two months or so. Uh, first place, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Tristan Jari going to be okay at certain points and it'll be enough for Pittsburgh to win the division. Just like they did this year. Second place. I'm going to go with Washington. Third place. I I'm going to do the uh, Islanders. No hurricanes. And then the Islanders and devil. No, wait, wait, wait. Oh yeah, wait, wait, and hold on a second. These guys are in the same, uh, in the same conference as the Atlantic. So I got to think about who's going in the wild card spot. Cause in the Atlantic, which is very strong, you know, there's Tampa, Boston, Toronto, Florida. Uh, so I guess I'll put, I'll, i guess I'll put one team from each division in the wildcard. I'll have Montreal and Ottawa, and then missing the playoffs, and then we'll have Florida wildcard spot. And in the Metro, I'll put. Yeah, I guess for now I still have the Devils missing the playoffs and putting the Islanders in the wildcard spot. Pittsburgh, Washington, okay. Carolina Islanders.
0: Pittsburgh, Carolina, Washington Islanders. Um. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I see you have the Flyers not making anything, make, making any noise. I would tend to agree. Um. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, first place. Hmm. Ah, screw it. I'm gonna say the Islanders. Um. I think but they're always tough, mediocre
1: during the regular season and then they become monsters in the playoffs.
0: Didn't they where were they didn't they win their division just last this last season? No, no, they were 4th. No. Oh, okay, they were 4th. Whoops. Ah. Oh well. I I was, I, I think uh, they took a step forward this year because everybody took a step back. Um so I'll take the Islanders first and then uh, I'll take the Penguins next. I'll take the Hurricanes in third. And then, because we we're just talking about them for so much, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Devils. I'm gonna have the Capitals missing the playoffs. I think, you know, people are getting old over there. It's a very old team. You have to be I getting old for a long time. They, a lot of them had a cliff. Yeah. And so this is maybe this is the year where they, you know, dip below the horizon. Um, yeah, people are saying that, ground, that about
1: but... Pittsburgh for a while. And oh, is this the year Pittsburgh or slash Washington falls off? And uh, so far, like, barely. They've, uh, you know, gotten a little bit worse, but I don't know, maybe maybe it's coming soon-ish for Washington, like a San Jose-like total collapse. But I don't know, I feel like with, um, with San Jose, that coincided with, like, uh, Vlasic falling off a cliff slash Carlson's Albatross deal and also Pavelski leaving, like, all at the same time. And I don't think that type of thing is really happening with Washington, unless they, like, totally lose a Kuznetsov trade or something, but that hasn't happened yet. So I still think they're going to be in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at their team, right? This is just so... Like, they don't have a single defenseman currently, like, in their top seven that is younger than 30. Like...
1: That's so true.
0: (laughs) That is absurd. (laughs) That is pretty crazy. That is an an absurd amount of old in a defense. Not only that, but, Um, like...
1: A lot of them, like all all of them except Matt Irwin, are thirty or thirty-one. Like they're all the same age pretty much.
0: All right. Um so what do what do you think that means in terms of their a potential drop off?
1: Um or is it just well, a funny observation? <laughs> I mean yeah. I mean I honestly maybe they all take a slight step back. I didn't realize John Carlson was thirty one already though. I thought he was still like late twenties, but I guess not, according to Cat Friendly, which is probably correct. The only defense when they lost, actually, but they lost Brendan Dillon, uh, which is gonna hurt, I guess, and Chara, which will probably hurt significantly less. Um and so this is a somewhat similar defense to last year, not to mention Michael Kempney, who I think was injured all of last season, is at least on par with Brendan Dillon. So, you know, you're swapping them out, and it's like, alright, so this defense is like almost identical to what we had last year, except, you know, everyone's just a year older, and going from 21 to 30. Uh, or thirty to thirty-one. Uh, I don't think that is the difference between uh being second in your division and missing the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I uh, would, and especially you, you know, you had it's not the only the defense right that's getting that's getting uh older. I mean that forward obviously Ovechkin, but you know that whole core is getting very old. Like TJ Oshie, I didn't know he was he was thirty-four. Thought he was an ageist wonder. Um, but uh, I guess not. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't trust this. Re- I don't trust this group to get to kind of hold up over the course of the season. I think this might be the year where they, they kind of fall off. I know people have been saying that for, a, for a few years. Um, but, uh, I mean, they didn't look very good against, uh, Boston, did they? I know they're not in the same division anymore, but, uh, I mean, it was, they looked, they looked extremely weak in the playoffs and, you know, Boston was just a much better team and you could have seen that coming, you know, heading into that playoffs. Uh, so I don't think Washington is, is uh is a is a contender right now. I think that's uh safe to say. Uh, at least I think so. Uh and I think they're on the playoff bubble. And I think you know you, you everybody takes a year uh gets a year older. I think maybe you know a younger team like New Jersey comes in and takes the playoff spot. I wouldn't be so shocked um if that happened if of Washington missed it.
1: I think the only way Washington misses the playoffs is if they run into a super hot goalie like Beck Warm. <laughs>
0: And so they lose all five of their games against Carolina uh just yeah. by by the sheer power of beckworm. Sheer power of beckworm. Um, okay. Con's
1: Smythe trophy.
0: Oh, oh okay, Con's Smythe. All right, he's he's beckworm.
1: He's going to act favorite. Oh yeah, for sure, no question. I I feel like it's a it's a miracle that I've gone this much talking about beckworm without coming up with any decent beck like worm puns. But I think worm is just such a like boring word you know it's like like what would what would the what would the joke even be it would be like oh he's he's i don't know
0: he's on fire or something of, i don't know i'm lukewarm on back warm um is what <laughs> you say about me <laughs>
1: you are lukewarm on back warm yeah,
0: that's definitely the <laughs> truth. Um, I don't, I don't happen to think he's gonna win the cons anytime soon, <laughs> or ever, for that matter. <laughs> should,
1: we, should we call this podcast lukewarm on backwarm, or should we call it the chickpea revolution?
0: <laughs> I think, I think we call it the chickpea revolution, then we rename our podcast. uh of uh, fusion, we call no it no longer fusion. Lukewarm on backwarm,
1: lukewarm on backwarm and hockey podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Perfect. so now we were just talking about profile pictures maybe we're, we're maybe we're going on something big, even bigger right now uh we we, we found our spot um the
1: Beckworm branding
0: i wonder what he, i wonder what he's up to right hey, now hey beck if you're listening
1: we'd love to have you on the show uh unless you're an asshole i know nothing about you so maybe you are in which case we would not like to have you on um but reach yeah. out to us so Beck-warm. that's a conditional if, invitation yeah, conditional, you're conditionally invited onto Lukewarm on Beckworm and Hockey Podcast. Patent pending.
0: <laughs> patent pending? What What have we patented? patented? <laughs> what have we invented a simping for Beckworm? What?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yes, yes, I did today. No one has ever thought this much about Beckworm. Not even himself.
0: Not even his family. Not even his yeah. parents have thought this much about Beckworm um, because they gave him such a name. Um, well, I don't yeah. think I guess the name, but, uh, back warm. Oh. All right. <laughs> all right. You, you, so know so you, said... all, you know, it's the dead of the off season when, all right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. So you said you had a small trivia for me this week. So I think we were all pretty right. much ready to get that going before we start that though. uh, We decided that we're going to change up that rotation a little bit. Uh, instead it of it being trivia, trivia, guess who draft. It's just going to be trivia. Guess who draft trivia. Guess who draft. Uh, but we'll alternate who gives the trivia each time. So that way there's uh, a little bit more guessing when drafting and a little bit less trivia.
0: Oh yeah. It's lots of fun. Lots of fun. Okay. Spicing it up for the offseason and beyond. Alright, so today's today's uh trivia is uh I believe it's eight questions if I count it correctly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight questions. And it is very simple in theme. It is a recap. Of everything that has happened since the expansion draft. All right.
1: I think I'm going to be pretty sense? good at this. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Eight questions. You say you're going to do very well at this. Where do we set the bar? Six? Seven?
1: Why don't we do eight, seven? Let's do an extra super challenge. Seven.
0: Okay. All right. Here we go. So this should be fresh in everybody's mind. But for me, there was so much stuff. It was hard to keep track. All right. Here we go. So, where do we start? Okay, let's start here. So remember, all of these things. Start with all the Tyler these, Pitlick trade. Uh... <laughs> wow, you called me out like that. No, no, there's no, <laughs> there's no Pitlick, there's no Pitlick answer here. Um, but uh, so yeah, just a reminder, all of these uh, answers have as the 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 cutoff date, um, the the expansion draft. Okay, so which was I believe uh what July, 19? 18? 21. It was July twenty one. Okay, so. How many 8-year contracts have been handed out since the expansion draft?
1: Is this multiple tra- I need an exact number of 8-year contracts?
0: Yeah, you need I need an exact number of 8-year contracts. Can I
1: reset please. the bar to 6 cuz this is a little trickier than I thought already.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. We can do that. Thank you. Although I, I don't I don't know the I don't know I, I can't tell uh I don't know the legitima- le- legitimacy of that after hearing the first question, but uh, it's okay. Well, we'll, we'll do it okay
1: too bad yeah all right. uh all right well there's seth jones there's zach wierenski there's darnell nurse um pretty sure he was like right before the draft uh so it's at least three so i have to think of guys who are staying with the Braden points there's one Trying to think of any UFA's signed extensions with their team. Landeskog, that's five. Oh man, there's no way I'm gonna be able to think of them all. I don't think. Unless I should I go like team by team? We're really gonna spend this long on one question? Arizona, <laughs> Boston, it's, Buffalo, it's completely up to you. Calgary, Carolina. I don't think so. Uh, I already did Chicago. Seth Jones. I don't think they had any other ones. Uh, Colorado. My car was just six years, and I already did Landis Uh wait, I was at five, right? I was at okay, Jones, gog Point, Wierenski, Nurse. Um Nugent Hopkins was before expansion, so not him. Detroit, no. Uh Columbus, yeah, they did Wierenski. Uh Florida. Ooh, for some reason I'm feeling like they did a long contract. Um But I think I'm just thinking of, like, every other offseason and not this one. Uh, All right, moving on. L.A. No. Minnesota. Ooh. Oh, Ericksonek. Oh, Was that? I'm almost. Yeah, that was before expansion. I'm almost certain. Nashville. Did they do anything? I don't think so. The Devils. No. No, I don't think so. Islanders, Adam Pellick. We were just talking about that one. Look at me go. So that's, that's six. All right. How about the Rangers? Anything? Don't think so. Uh, Ottawa. I don't think so. Flyers. I have a lot of don't think sos and not enough confident no's. Not liking the feel of this. Uh, Pittsburgh. San Jose. St. Louis. Tampa, Seattle, Do they said any eight year deals? I don't think so. I did point. Alright, so I'm at six right now. Um, and I'm thinking Vancouver, Vegas. Alright, I guess six. There's my answer. Six.
0: Alright. So the good news is that you didn't miss any eight year contracts. The bad news is that there were only actually five. Um, because Zach Wierenski's contract was six years long. So, oh, no! Why did I think oh, was, that he was So close. So close. And so, uh... It's a miss on the first, one. Really? the answer was five. Yeah, it was Nurse Pellick Point, Landis jones The squad. The squad. Alright. Next up. Who signed for the most expensive cap hit since the expansion draft?
1: Alright. Um... My first thought is Wawrenski. I don't think there are any like ten million dollar deals signed this off season. Yeah, I'm going with Zach Wawrenski.
0: All right, nice. Nine point five eight. That's higher than anybody else. Uh, yep. And uh, it that's that's an absolutely absurd fact if you ask me. Zach warensky highest paid guy this off season, where there were like contracts handed out left and right. Of all people, it's him. Um, truly. Truly a strange whack world. Strange is the word. All right. So next, what was the total value of the most valuable contract signed? I don't know.
1: Why are you expecting me to know these things? Uh. Okay. My first thought is uh Seth Jones deal nine and a half by eight. Because not only is that very close to Wierenski's deal, which had the highest AAP, but also it was a maximum eight. So I feel like this is the one. And nine and a half times eight just has to do some some quick mathematics. Uh, so that's 19 times four, which is uh some some number. It's it's 76. Yeah. Seventy six million dollars.
0: All right. Perfect. Uh, it's actually a tie between Seth Jones and and Braden Point, um, who also signed for the identical oh, contract. Really uh, true. So yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, all right. Next up, we got... Uh, here's a random one. Where did Vinny uh, Hinnestroza sign? I picked a random Vinnie player. Vinny
1: Hinnestroza signed with the Buffalo Sabres.
0: Very nice. Solid one. Okay. Thank you. I was um, like, wait, am
1: I mixing up with Drake Kajula? Oh, no, wait. They both signed <laughs> with the Sabres.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, who is the Ottawa senators most expensive signing?
1: Do they have any expensive signings. Uh, all right, let me think Ottawa. <laughs> no,
0: not really. Oh, good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure this is part of the, part of the joke, isn't it? Uh, it's someone who was like, Oh yeah. A million dollars for, for Jimmy shimmy. All right. I don't think, so did have any new goalies? Uh, their defense Shabbat Zaitsev. Uh, Wait, I have a question. Is this just any new contract they signed? Like, does it count like players they had that they extended?
0: Uh, let me, let me, let me check on that one, just to see. I want to shout out to Cap Friendly for letting me do all this. Um, yeah. Yes, this includes this includes this includes any player that they kept
1: gave a new contract to. Okay, or gave a new contract Cause know, to. Yeah, because I know Victor Mate signed like a one point two million AAV and like that's over a million so that might be it um but what else? i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think like i feel like they did add like a forward oh they acquired uh Nick Holden from Vegas but that's not like a new contract uh oh oh they signed uh like other depth of defense. they signed Delzato but i think that was like close to league man it was like less than Matei. Oh, was there another defenseman? No, I think they added Holden and Delzato. Uh, and I can't think of a single forward that they added. So, oh yeah, I'll go with Victor Matei. There's my guess.
0: All right. You're close. He was the second most expensive guy um, that they signed this offseason. Um, the actual the winner actually uh, cracked $2 million a year, which is crazy. Big spenders, Eugene Malnick. Good shit. Um, good to see you're investing in your team. And the answer is uh, it's 31-year-old defenseman, Mike Delzato, uh, who was not signed for close to league men. Two he million? Two I remember Delzato,
1: but forgot that he got two million?
0: Yeah. And for two years, no less. They gave him two years. Two years at two million.
1: That uh, one's boy. painful. <laughs> for me, mostly. So you're...
0: you're... <laughs> Couldn't remember the Delzato contract. I can't blame you. I certainly didn't up until uh, now. I didn't even know he signed with the Senators. Uh, so that's that's Michael this Del This is for too me, hard. Yeah. I thought it was going to be
1: questions like, where did Vinny Henestrosa sign with the whole time? And you're asking you to remember like right. specific values of like deals the Senators sign on like number six defenseman.
0: But hey, should have stuck in your mind. Michael Del Zotto, Two mil. <laughs>
1: Unforgettable. Uh, okay.
0: Alright. Yeah. Completely seared into my brain now. Uh all right. What was the uh off to trades? Oh no, well we have one more Wait, signing question. What
1: I did, before we yeah. before we carry on, I just thought of the fact that Beckworm's parents should have named him Luke.
0: <laughs> they should have. It's a blown opportunity. You know what? I'm Googling Beckworm right now, i want to see if he has any siblings. Do you have any or children? What oh, I guess he's twenty two information.
1: Yeah, unlike I don't I have, I don't think you can. I don't think there are a lot of things on the internet. I don't think Beck's Beck Warm's personal family information is there.
0: Uh let's see. I have I have uh from the peak news magazine Whistler Brothers attend NHL training camp. So I, I do know that he does have a brother named Will Warm. Uh, which is good. <laughs> <It's> pretty good. <laughs> Um, oh another another headline from the uh, peak news magazine warm twins heating up in WHL that's (laughs) that's 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 an easy dunk easy dunk by the peak news I'm trying Um, to think of like will
1: warm I feel like that's the type of thing you could put on like a frozen lasagna or something
0: (laughs) will warm if you put it in the oven (laughs) if you put it in a microwave or whatever (laughs) just like everything as as food does
1: (laughs) all right next question all right so uh, let's go back to the quiz
0: Beckworm knows what to name his kids all right Beckworm knows what to name his kids all right so I the next question is uh so so someone somewhat notable to to you more than most NHL fans where did uh Will Bitten sign
1: Will Benton signed with the team that he was already with which is the Minnesota Wild.
0: Very nice. Just signed that today. I thought that was fun. So, uh, all right. You got two more questions. I think you're, what, two for four or three for five? or five. Wait. Nope, four for six. Oh, I thought there were eight total questions. Four yeah, for four
1: for six. Okay. There
0: are two. Four for six. Uh, I was just unable to count for a second there. Uh, so, four for six. You got both of these answers right. And they're both trade questions. So, by number of players, what was the biggest trade? And uh, the pieces involved, the players involved.
1: Alright, the first thing that comes to mind... Not necessarily the
0: pieces, just the players.
1: Okay, so most players involved, not most pieces, right? Just want to make sure.
0: No, players. Players. Okay,
1: I'm pretty sure it was the OEL trade. Nothing comes to mind that was any bigger. Uh, And there were five players involved in that one. And yeah, I can't think of anything else. So that'll be my guess. And the five players involved were Oliver Eckman Larson, Connor Garland, Jay Beagle, Lou Herrickson, and Antoine Roussel.
0: Very nice. Very nice. So uh, it comes down to this one, and its I think it's pretty tricky. I uh, think it's pretty tricky. All right. Here we go. It's a draft question, and it's also a trade question. How many 2021 first round picks were traded? on
1: draft day okay i think i'll be able to do this i thought it was gonna be traded ever okay. in general trade on draft day all right here we go let me walk that's, let me walk everyone through the first round from memory as oh best boy, as i okay. can all right. all right buffalo owen power um then you know seattle maddie bennears anaheim mason mctavish new jersey luke hughes columbus kent johnson detroit simon edmondson san jose william Eckland, la brant clark um Oh, here's one that was traded on draft day. Arizona taking Dylan Gunther. That was in the OEL trade that happened that day. So we're at one right now, putting up my thumb to count one. Then we had Ottawa taking Tyler Boucher. Then after Arizona's forfeited pick, it was Columbus taking Cole Sillinger. And that's another one that they acquired on draft day in the Seth Jones trade. We're at two. Next up, we have Calgary taking someone I've never heard of. Matthew Coronado, who has no traits. Uh, But Ooh. that was not... Who? Matthew Coronado. uh, But that was not a pick that was traded. Uh, Then next was Buffalo taking Isaac Rosen. That was, they got in the Ristolainen trade and I'm trying really hard. That was that day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah. That was that same day. I'm almost 95% sure. So we're at three now. Then it was Detroit taking Sebastian Cosa, and that was a trade like right before the pick happened. So we're at four. Um, then the Rangers took Brennan Othman. That was not a trade. Uh, 17th pick was St. Louis taking Zach Bolduke. Not a trade. Then Winnipeg took Chaz Lucius. Then Nashville took Fedor Svechkov. I, yeah, that wasn't the one they traded up for, that was a later one. Uh then here's another one. Minnesota trading up for Jesper Wallstead. We're at five. Twenty-one was Boston taking Fabian Lysell. Twenty-two was Edmonton taking Xavier Bourgo. and that was they'd swap picks with Minnesota, so we're at six. The twenty-third pick, um Ooh, this is where I got to oh, I remember that's the one. Detroit had and traded up to fifteen. And so it was Dallas, uh or was it Dallas it was or Minnesota, it was someone taking Wyatt Johnston. I don't remember which one, honestly, but it was, yeah, it was it was Dallas. Wyatt Johnston. So now we're at seven, uh, right? It was, oh, it was six or seven. Oh, I'm going to get all the picks, but get the number wrong at the end, aren't I? Uh, Okay. Uh, I got to start. All right. So it was pick nine. It was pick 12. <laughs> it was pick 14. It was pick 15, pick 20, pick 22, and pick 23. Okay. So we're at seven now. Uh, Now let me make note of that. All right. So we're at seven. Okay, then Florida took Mackie Samuskevich. out of trade. Then pick 25. Um, ooh, having a hard time remembering. The- oh, these were the defensemen. So uh, uh, Columbus took Corson Kulimans, Uh and that was a pick they already had. Then Minnesota took Carson Lambos. That was a pick they already had. 27, Nashville traded up for this one. So took Zachary LaRue, uh, so now we're at eight. And then the 28th pick was Colorado taking Oscar Lassen. Then New Jersey took um, oh that guy who I was like, who's that? Chase Stillman. They already had that pick from the Islanders. Uh, pick 30, Zach Dean. Then it was Montreal's pick. And then after that was uh, Nolan Allen that Chicago got from Columbus from the Seth Jones trade that day. So that is nine first round picks traded on draft day.
0: Slam Dunk. Slam Dunk, he got the number right. He got the numbers, the actual draft picks right. Yep, nine for nine. Uh that was very impressive. So Thank you. uh made the threshold six for eight. That's a big win. Um and that concludes Let's go. this the return recap quiz
1: of the trivia superstar, me. <laughs> Always nailing every one of your quizzes. Do not fact check this.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't dare. Okay. <laughs> all right. So is there anything else you want to mention um, before we call it an episode this week? Uh, Pure off-season no. material.
1: Oh, oh, you know what I'll do? Since this episode is yep. shorter than recent ones, if you have a little bit of extra mm-hmm. time, I'm going to plug MWCA. All right. Some of you might okay. know I've been working on a, uh, a project for about eight months or so uh, called MWCA, Musical Without a Cool Acronym. So basically uh, – Andrew Grabowski wrote a virtual, no, he didn't write it virtually. He wrote an unlicensed parody musical of the Disney cartoon, Phineas and Ferb. And he put it on at his university about a little over two years ago. And now over the past little while, he's been uh, creating it virtually and I've been a part of it. And I've been, especially recently creating some incidental music, arranging, composing stuff like that. And that's going to be, Streaming on YouTube on the Musical Without a cool acronym YouTube channel on August twentieth, probably at eight PM, which is super exciting. It's gonna blow your minds. So there, check that out to see my work and work from like over fifty people from all over planet Earth.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Go check it out. I know I'll be watching the premiere August twentieth. Um and so uh yeah, so I guess we'll are you gonna we're gonna put the, the link in the, the episode description. Um Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Plug it. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. Right. And uh, go check that out. Okay. So. All
1: right. Th- do you want to sign off? Do you want to sign this one off?
0: All right. Sure. So that's that's about it for us today here on Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Thank you very much for listening as always. Don't forget to uh, subscribe. And leave a comment if you're so inclined or, or a review if you like. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Our handles are in the description. You follow our podcast Instagram page um, for, you know, if you want to vote in the polls whenever we have a a fun draft for you coming up in a couple weeks. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.